Preface to California Desert Trails by Joseph Smeaton Chase. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephen Seidel. California Desert Trails by Joseph Smeaton Chase. Preface. That appetite comes by eating, I have found to be as true in the matter of geography as in the affairs of the table. After long wanderings among the incomparable forests and mountains, and by the romantic shores of the most scenic and diversified of our states, I fell an easy prey to the beckonings of the other principal feature of California's topography, the dreamy, dreary desert. Long ago, on short expeditions into and across it at various points, I had fallen under its inexplicable charm. Now I determined to know it more closely by daily and nightly intercourse through months of travel in its sun-blasted solitudes. Gaining the experience I desired at the price, certainly of some discomfort, and possibly of a trifling degree of danger, merely enough for spice. This volume, then, is the fruit of over two years' continuous camping and traveling on the desert. It might more exactly be named Colorado Desert Trails than California Desert Trails, since there are, within this state, other expanses of desert, such as the Mojave, contiguous on the north to the region I describe, which are not touched upon in the book. But there seemed a danger of confusion in the other name, since, on a casual site, the word Colorado in the title might give the impression that the subject matter was some region in the state of that name. The tract I deal with is, in truth, unfortunately named, though the misfortune is accidental, since when it was labeled in 1853, there was no state of Colorado, and out-and-out -out Coloradans might justly petition our common uncle that the mere suspicion of harboring a desert should be lifted from them and the odium plainly fixed upon the rival tourist-claiming nephew, California. The book might have been made of more instructive value, no doubt, had the writer been a man of science, naturalist, botanist, or geologist, for in all those fields and others that are outside my range the desert is full of matter. Yet it may not be unfair to say that the observer whose interest is trained upon a certain aspect of nature may be to that extent incapacitated as regards the more general or purely scenic bearings of his surroundings. And so these discursive notes may possibly bring to the reader a truer, though in some ways less explicit, impression of the country described than would be the case if they came from the pen of one who was even a fractional savant. For somewhat the same reason, Little is here said of the really remarkable agricultural developments which in the past few years have come over the considerable portions of this intractable seeming region. I am no farmer, and know little of potatoes or alfalfa, poultry, pigs, or cattle, until the stage when they issue in finished product from the kitchen. Thus I may seem to ignore what to the practical mind must appear to be the chief or even the only items of value. I do not forget those imperialites and coachellans who made hopeful suggestions. I guess you'll boom up the section now, won't you, say? Finest land in the state, and so on. Nor their puzzled or pitying glances when I made the only possible reply, 
that I did not, could not, and would not boom, was, in fact, even averse to booms and boomers, and was more enthralled by desert sunsets than by desert dairies, astounding as these might be. In a word, it is the desert as desert, God's desert, not man's, that engaged my interest, and that, as I this moment call it up before my inward eye, seems to me the most memorable in its totality of impressiveness of all natural objects that I have met. But I confess that the fascination of the untamed desert has proved to be of too subtle a quality for words of mine to render. That would necessarily be true, of course, of anybody's attempt in any field of nature, but it would be tenfold true with respect to the desert, and I will be bold to say that it would be true without regard to the person in the case. Whether it be that the desert is too intrinsically alien to our psychology, or for some other reason too baffling to trace, I believe it to be the fact that its genius is the rarest and most elusive of all the elements that make up the wonder of this transcendent world. No last word on the desert will ever be written. No statements, I mean, that to those who know the subject in any real degree will not seem to fail of getting at the essence. It is a pleasure to record botanical obligations to my friend Mr. S. B. Parrish of San Bernardino, California, whose thorough knowledge of the flora of the desert, freely put at my disposal, was invaluable in revising the appendix of plants. I am indebted also to the United States Geological Survey for permission to reprint from one of their publications the hints on desert traveling that appear in Appendix A. In conclusion, it is most satisfactory to note that, since the following chapters were prepared, the United States government has, by a small appropriation of funds, made at least a beginning towards bettering the condition of desert travel by the marking of roads and waterholes. J.S.C. Palm Springs, California, November 1918. End of Preface